being reasonable. Now heard on WHUPLP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough, and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. Please fasten your seatbelts. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, All you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we speak with James Stewart. Mr. Stewart, owner of a spiritual home cleansing company in Durham, North Carolina, believes in helping people shift the energy in their space and in their lives through performing conjure of people's living environments. So let's speak with James Stewart of Conjure Cleaning. Hoodoo is the tradition that was formed when the Africans were brought here to America, forced into slavery. And that was the way in which they understood spirituality, like all these things that were happening, like a country's forming, you're stuck in slavery, um, you're trying to survive, you're trying to, you know, understand a new land where the land, you can, your homeland, you're able to do certain spiritual practices to take care of yourself and all these things. So you're in a new land. You're making a new understanding of things. Um, you're with people from different tribes, from different cultures. So there's this merging and meshing of things. So what started to form that newness, that new religion was hoodoo. So that's like the first black religion. And that shaped how the black church is today. Interesting. Um, voodoo is specifically what was happening in Haiti, as well as parts of New Orleans and parts of Africa. I want to say, I'm not too sure, but I want to say, ben- no, Dahomey, I think. Uh, is where a lot of those spirits originate. But they had their own tradition for elevating their ancestral spirits and calling them down for, like, multi-uses throughout life. Like, some religions might have one god, some religions have many gods. I'm just trying to understand, like, the metaphysics of it. Is there a supernatural component? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah. That. Hoodoo is essentially about black spirituality. It's about ancestral connection, and it's about reverence for the earth and our relationship to it. So we believe that God is in everything. There's an essence of God in everything. So that conversation with God is extended to working the plants to achieve a goal. So it's not just I'm praying to God to um, intercede. I'm also talking to God um, through juniper bush to cleanse myself. I'm also talking to God through uh, a red brick over there to protect my home. I'm also talking to like all these things. Um, so connection in the universe and connection of all living things. And mm-hmm. I guess non-living things too, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. That's yeah. interesting. What is home cleansing? Home cleansing is working with the energy that is already in a home and cleansing, removing out any 
stagnant, stale, negative energy, and then putting in wanted, positive energy so that your home is attracting those sorts of situations amongst the people that live there or just in general in your life. Because, you know, where you live, your home is a huge, uh, I guess, springboard for how you interact in life. Like if you feel crummy about your home, then you're probably navigating the world in a very crummy way. If you feel like if you go home and you feel great and you're charged up, and you're like, yeah, I love I love where I live. Da, 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 da. The energy is great. You have a great starting point for your day. You have a great ending point for your day. So like um, it's making sure that the energy and the energies and spirits in your home are good. So I'm going to restate some of this. Tell me if I'm correct or not. Uh, we could be living in a home and we could be living in a home that has bad energy mm-hmm. and it could be affecting us in different ways. And one way to correct or a way that you would employ to correct this bad energy or this situation where I'm un- unhappy in my home mm-hmm. is you would come in and take the bad energy out of the home mm-hmm. and replace it with good energy and thereby I would uh, be happier and healthier. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> On a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that this is true and real? <laughs> ten. All right, ten. <laughs> and on a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in things that are true? Oof. A hundred. All right. You're off the charts. How do we know this is true? I try to be, I try to have a good critical standpoint of things. I don't try to just believe in everything to be true because if you accept everything and believe everything to be true, then nothing's real, right? It's like you have to have some barometer of like, is this real? Is this happening? Is it not? Um, So I always have an inner critic, especially in the spiritual community, because you go and stuff you go in some places and you're like, I didn't feel good about that. That seems off or that seems phony or watered down or something seems off. Like you have to have that inner barometer and, and questioning. And the amount of times through my work and some real true other like uh, spiritualists of different backgrounds that I've seen just miracles, right? Like legitimate miracles happen in people's lives. In my life, there's, there's like, I, there's no doubt in my mind that, um, this is real. But uh, can you give me a, a, your best example of how we know this is true and real? Like in my work or just in general? Or, or this, yeah, the, the house cleansing. Yeah. yeah. So I think the first cleansing I did was back in LA where I started the company. I had a friend, I was doing test runs in friends' homes. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm starting to do my spiritual practice and merge it with, like I was doing home, actual home cleaning. Like I had a company out there. I was like, I'm merging my spiritual practice into uh, my home cleaning business. Can I test it out in your, test out my process? The first friend that I did it for, I, you know, followed what I had written down for me to do in terms of the ritual. And then during the cleansing, I just saw like a window come up for her of when she was going to step into her power. Because the problem, like we, we did a reading and a consultation to see what energies were sitting in her home and what needed to change. It was that she was going to her home and retreating and hiding and sort of just like uh, closing up and crawling back out into the world. So we switched things around and made sure that there was strong, powerful, um, amplifying energy for her. Not overbearing, but just giving her that fight and that power to go out stronger and more confident in the world. 
And as I was cleansing, I was like, uh, I don't know if I gave her a time date of when it was going to happen, but I, I knew that it was coming pretty, pretty recently that there would be a window for her to step into this new power um, and that she should not ignore it and that she has to walk through it. And then she texted me a few days later and said, um, I did it. I, I stood up to my bosses. I quit my job. There was this situation where they pinned me in a corner and there was no way for me to not step through. It just made no sense for me to just sit back and let that happen again. Um, and that was the first time that I cleansed for someone. So that was very like, okay, aligning. So you mentioned energies. Mm-hmm. What kind of energies are we talking about? Are these energy, can these energies be measured? Yeah. I don't know if there's any measuring thing for, I'm, I'm sure there are. Like I'm sure uh, people can, you know, with tuning force or I don't know, sort of measure how resonant a space is or how um, negative or stagnant or um, whatever a space is. But a lot of times I can feel it when a space feels lethargic or heavy. And my, like the way I kind of personally describe some stuff is like, it feels syrupy in here. It feels thick. It feels like there's no flow, a good space, a good home. You can feel like warmth and you can feel things sort of flow. Like the air feels like it's flowing in a warm sort of way. Like these are qualities of like a good space that the energy is raised and it's, it feels good. Is feeling about a certain thing, a reliable way to know whether that thing is true and real. Like feeling something is syrupy. Is that a reliable way to know that that thing is real for me yes um because and i don't want to say for everyone because sometimes our discernment is off but for me the times in which my feelings have matched up for a situation to be true like if i if i pull out my cards and i get a feeling that oh i think somebody's betraying you i think your husband is you know doing i think something is happening and then I find out it to be true. That lets me know that my intuition, that my feeling, that my discernment is lining up. But not everyone. A lot of people, there's a lot of things going on in your mind. And, and uh, if you're not aware of what's coming in, you could feel like, um, I don't know, yelling at your boss today is a good idea. That's not, like, if, <laughs> if, you're, if you haven't done the work to check your discernment and make sure it's in the right place... I don't know what spirit told you to do that. Like, you know. How do you know your discernment is in the right place? What checks are you, are we talking about? It's, it's for me, it's ancestral work. So I have to talk to my ancestors on a regular basis. I have to go to them because they are at the forefront of my spirituality. They, they're like my cheerleaders. They're, they're the most supportive spirits because I'm made of them. So this is derived from work with your ancestors. You speak with your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to have a belief, and I'm not saying in this belief, generally speaking, is it possible to have a belief and to believe in this belief and this belief be positive and helpful and get you through the world and helps other people through you, yet this belief not be true? Um, I... <laughs> 
Let me repeat that so I understand it. Is it possible to have a belief? Right. Broadly speaking, is yeah. it possible to have a positive belief? Sure. And this belief be helpful and get you through the world, yes. yet this yes. belief not be true? Yes. Well, well, then we get into what's the truth. Okay. So what does that mean? Like what, what's, because the truth is so complex and that's not, there's no, there's not really a lot of universal truth. So when we're talking about if this is true, and then when I asked you on a scale from one to seven, what you're saying is, is it's true for you? It's true for me. Is it universally true, objectively true? I feel like there's a balance between the two, universally true and objectively true, where if I have a set of beliefs and I believe them to be true, and I'm able to ask for the changes I want through that set of truths, and then I'm able to see those changes manifest, then it's true for me. Well, let me put it this way. If you go into a house, do a cleansing, mm -hmm. and you come up with certain conclusions about the types of energy and what needs to be done, mm -hmm. and someone behind you comes in and does a cleansing, and someone behind you comes in and does a cleansing, would there be an agreement on what the problem is and what needs to be done? Or would there be three distinct readings of the home? That depends on the tradition. So if you get three conjure practitioners like me, we'll probably say the same things. We'll probably, if we're all tapped into spirit and the ways in which we are, we'll probably say the same things. We'll probably see the same things. I had a woman who messaged me for personal cleansing and it was a shaman that she had gone to. So we see different things. I was able to see that she was covered in negative energy. The shaman said she was covered, she was plagued by seven spirits. We're seeing similar things in different, and I think that's kind of what I was trying to explain about the truth. That it's like, um, that's my truth. I see that you were covered in negative energy. His truth, the shaman's truth, is that you were plagued by seven spirits. Somebody else could say, girl, you, you're bipolar, um, you need to take med. Like, these are different ways we're looking at a thing, and these are all our truths. So I think that's the difference between personal truth and, and universal truth. If something is to be true, shouldn't it be true for everyone? No. If it's not true for everyone... How is it true and you real? Mean, how's it true for... For example, there are a number of chickens out in the yard, mm -hmm. and there's an even or odd number of chickens. I don't know how many, but there is an answer. It's either even or odd, and that is true whether we exist or don't exist. Based on our understanding of numbers and based on our understanding of a number of things and, and based on our society, right? But... Does our society have anything to do with that number being even or odd? Yes, because we created what's even and odd. Math varies depending on cultures, right? So like numbers vary and understanding of sciences vary depending on cultures. That so, across, so different cultures would have different understandings of what is even or odd, you think? I believe so. And I'm talking about like ancient cultures and their understandings of different Again, I'm not the best. If we're talking about even and odd in math, 
I'm not the best, but I'm talking about on a deeper level of truth and variations of the truth. There's not one universal truth for everything. I guess where I'm stuck is that if something is to be true and real, my understanding is, is that it would be true and real for everybody. If something's true, it's true. And if it's just true for me, so it wouldn't make too much sense then to test whether a belief is true because every belief is true. No. Well, <laughs> that goes back to what I was saying about uh, being a good barometer and having discernment. Not everything's true. Like, And how do you know what's true and what's not true? There are certain things you have to work off of. What you have found to be true for yourself, right? Like I found this chair to be true to support me. That's a truth that I found for myself. And a lot of people have found that chairs support them. So I can work off of, well, if I know this chair can support me. So presumably when we're talking about whether something is true, we're talking about how the world works. Something that is universally true in that sense. Mm -hmm. Do we not agree on that definition of truth? I think truth is such a complex word, especially when we're talking about spirituality. I mean, we could go on and on about truth in, in all things. Like, there's varying degrees of truth in science. There's varying degrees of truth in um, math. Like, but especially in spirituality, uh, there's huge varying degrees of truth. Then how do we know if it's true? I believe it's a balance between truths that you find for yourself, truths that the collective of humanity has found for themselves, some religions, huge segments of that population have found something, that thing to be true to them. Like Christians have found it to be true for themselves that praying to God is real and effective and truthful. Like that's a truthful connection to access to God. If that wasn't true, would there be a way to find that out? If it wasn't true, would there be a way to find that out? I don't know that there is a way to find... Should we believe in anything that can't be shown to be false? Let me think about that for a second. Should we believe in anything that can't be shown to be false? I actually like that question, but can you come back to me at that? Sure. Yeah, I want to come back to that. Can I elaborate then on that question? Sure. If a belief can't be shown to be false, is it useful to have that belief? Cannot be shown to be false? Right. If so you have a belief, you believe something. Right, and it's true and for you. And there's no way to show that that belief is false. Right. Is it useful to have that belief? Yes. How? Well, you've, you've, I think the answer is in the question, right? Like the, it, it's been proven to be true for you. So if that thing works and has been proven to be true for you, then it's useful. So the sense I get is that there are no universal truths. <laughs> yes and no. Um, 
Because from what I'm hearing you say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm really not trying to put words in your mouth, is that everything is true. No, I don't say that. Um, I say that the truth... So there are universal truths. <laughs> yes and no. Because the question then becomes, well, what are the universal truths? What is a universal truth? <laughs> the chicken, the chicken wants laughing. to know, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what are the universal truths? I don't what know. What is one, just one, we can one. talk about, and then we can start, and that maybe will help. That we can... I don't even like sharing the ones that I've come to found, find true for myself because they don't resonate with everyone. Okay, I'll share one that I found true for me, that I believe is a well, universal but that, so truth. Well, but that wouldn't be a universal truth. I, I want to know, like, what would be a universal truth? It could be anything like in science or in spirituality or one thing that is true, we could kind of start at a beginning place. Like this is a universal truth for everybody. For example, and I can make, well, I'll let you start. And if you can't think of one, maybe I could try one if you would let me. Yeah, go for it. It is a universal truth that humans breathe oxygen. True. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. So that is a universal truth? Sure. Okay. Uh, sorry, I was more focused. I, you're broadening it to all universal truths, like of anything. I thought we, from my mind, I was focused on spirituality. That's why I was like. <laughs> when I say universal truth, then I mean something about the world, something about how the way the world, the world is works. round. What's that? The world is round. That's a universal truth. That's something that would be true whether we exist or don't exist. Mm -hmm. If I said, I believe the world is square, and it is my personal truth that the world is square, does that have anything to do whether the earth is square? Does it have anything to do with if the earth is square? Yeah. If my personal belief yes, I is that. that the earth is square, yes. what does it have to do with the earth being square? That's the part of the question that's throwing me. Um, and, and I'm sure it's me because I, I have known to be confusing and I'm not try really not trying to be. I got you. So let, let me, I got you. I, I get the first part of the question. <laughs> if you believe that the world is square and that's your personal belief, then what does that have to do with the world being square? So the, we agreed that there is a universal truth, yes. a truth that exists whether we exist, we live, we right. don't live, doesn't matter. Right. The earth is round. Sure. But if I have a personal belief yeah. that the earth is square, is the earth square? If that's what you think a square is, cool. That's your belief. So I can have a personal belief that the earth is square and that somehow makes the earth square. That's, For you it does. But if you look I at that tree and you tell me it's purple and that's how you describe purple. But I want to know what's true and real. And when I think of real, what's real for everybody? I don't know what's real for everybody. There's, I mean, when... <laughs> and I'm sorry we're getting hung up on this. I really am. I'm just really trying to 
if we can kind of get to the other side of this, I think we could be interesting to get to, but it's going to be hard to if we can't agree on what is something that is true. We might end up agreeing to disagree because even in science, so with the exploration of like different dimensions and us existing, not just in, you know, this physical realm, but also existing on other levels and other dimensions, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of relative truths to be, are a lot of truths to be relative, right? If extra dimensions exist, is how, well, hold on, let's pause there. If they exist, how can you, with your barometer of truth and universal truth, how can you determine if they even exist? What I'm saying is, I don't know they exist, but if they do exist, mm-hmm. They either exist for both of us or don't exist for both of us. Now, I don't know. How is that a truth? What if there's a dimension that exists for you and doesn't exist for me? Then there are no universal truths. So saying that the earth is round, that really truly can be just for me or just for you. And, or I can say the earth is round and, ju- and it sentence, can be square. Let's take that sentence. The earth is round. We have decided what round means. We, as a society, have decided this circle like that, that's round. And the earth is that shape. But if you decide, I don't agree with that, that's not how I see things. Or you say, I don't, um, like, that's, that's you. That's your truth. And like, but So if I believe the earth is square, that is equally valid as saying, as you saying, I believe the earth is round. My belief that the earth is round is valid for everybody else that believes the earth is round. And if I believe the earth is square, that is a valid belief and that belief For is all the people that believe the earth is square. So my belief that the earth is square is valid for all the people who believe that the earth is square. Boom. And your belief that the earth is round is valid for all the people that believe the earth is round. Yes. So there are no universal truths then because if i believe if only some of us believe that the earth is round and some of us believe the earth is square then there is no answer there's no quote-unquote truth a lot of things get questioned then we've made these truths off of initial understandings of things but over time they get questioned constantly yes things get questioned there is still a truth, whether we question it or not, that the earth being round, meaning that there is a math that is some derivative of pi that explains the shape of the earth, mm-hmm. that is a true statement, regardless of people live on earth or nobody lives on earth. And to say that the earth is square, meaning has right angles, mm-hmm. to say that would be something that goes against a universal truth, whether we exist or don't exist. Sure. I really am not trying to be, like, confrontational. I really try. It's really not what I want to do. I'm really just trying to... I'm really trying to get an agreement, and I'm really trying to understand. And I'm just... And sometimes, you know, I can be dense sometimes. Trust me. But I'm really trying to understand where you're coming from. Where I'm coming from specifically about truths, right? Well, yeah. And that example... With the earth being round and, or the earth being square, mm-hmm. you're telling me that you do believe in universal truths, but then you're telling me, on the other hand, that if... No, hold on. I think what I said was that 
I believe there's a bit of a dance and a balance between universal and personal truths. And I don't know how, like, I don't think that universal truths are sound black and white, like hold true for everyone and everything and every time. Nor do I think personal truths are going to be the exact same either. And I think there's a balance between the two where that's maybe where the truth, if we want to call it that, lives. Maybe an example of what is something that it would be a balance between a universal truth and a personal truth. And then maybe that would help me and I could use that example. We continue our conversation with James Stewart, owner of a spiritual home cleansing company, as he discusses helping people shift the energy in their space and in their lives through performing conjure right after this short break. Something is what something is to be. Guess it's better than something. Something's better than nothing. Cause something is what something is to be. Guess it's better than something. Something's better than nothing. Cause something is what something is to be. Guess it's better than something. Something's better than nothing. Cause something is what something is to be. Guess it
something's better than nothing Cause something is what something used to be Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause something is what something used to be Guess it's better than something You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. If you have a belief that you wish to discuss, please connect with us through beingreasonableshow.com. Maybe an example of what is something that it would be a balance between a universal truth and a personal truth, and then maybe that would help me and I could use that example. Uh. <laughs> I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just trying oh, to, no, so then I can like, then we have something in common we could talk about. And, you know, a car it, accident. Okay. Okay. A car accident. So there's about probably, I don't know, three versions of what happened, right? If you T bone somebody, somebody will say, oh, they nicked me. Someone will say they were waiting in the intersection and they didn't move. Um, and then a bystander might say something else. So there's three versions. At least, of, maybe at least. There's probably the- more. Of the truth. The universal truth of that situation, I don't know, would probably be... You don't think in that situation there is the truth of what happened, of who T-boned who, and what car arrived first in the intersection? Or is it everyone has... We'll have to... So, based on different stories of what happened, evidence, um, if there's a video, if there, you know... We'll come to a conclusion of the truth, conclusion of the truth, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the ultimate truth of the situation. But is there an ultimate truth of the situation? I don't know, because even if you look throughout all of history, like the way in which we're told our history, the more we learn about it, the more we find there's conflicting arguments of the truths that we think are true. For example, if there are three people who witnessed a car accident yes. in the three versions, right? Yes. And everyone has their own story and everyone has their own truth. Mm-hmm. And then a video surfaces. Yes. Could we say at that point we see, oh, here's the truth? From that angle of the video. What's the angle of that video to give you everything that was going on in those moments, proceeding to, during, and after? And then... Another video surfaces from inside all the cars. And Uh then videos surface from every angle. And then video surfaces from drones. And then video surfaces from the ground. And for some weird reason, Mm -hmm. we have 800 videos of the crash. crash. Can we get no closer to a universal truth at that point? We can get closer to a agreeable truth of the situation. But there is no universal truth of what car hit what car first and and i think i get hung up on the word universal and why why objective yeah why does it have to be universal when i say universal what's true for one person is true for everyone because we're all functioning in the same universe is that true (laughs) is it is that true is it are we all functioning in the same universe it's a great question I don't know that to be true. <laughs> if we're functioning in different universes, how could we find that out? Do we have the technology to do that yet? I don't know. I don't know. 
But if we were functioning in different universes, could that be presumably measured somehow? Or I'm sure at some point it, it can be measured and will be measured and probably is measured in different universes and different existences. Is a good default position in this case to believe that we function in different universes until we have evidence that we don't? Or believe that we don't function in different universes until we have evidence that we do? Uh, I think I heard you correctly. Uh, I think the better stance to take is to believe, hold open belief that we probably do exist in other dimensions until we find evidence that we don't. For example, let's say I believe I can literally fly. Okay. And I'm going to go up on top of this roof right here, mm -hmm. and I'm going to jump off. Mm -hmm. Is the correct belief in that situation is to believe that I can fly mm -hmm. as the default position or believe that I cannot what? fly as the default position? Hmm. Oof. Okay, hold on. So you've been walking your whole life up until this point up that you to have this point, I don't that you any can evidence that I can you fly. You have no truths, personal truths that have told you, oh, I can levitate, well, I can fly. Hold on, whatsoever, right? So let's play. Maybe you had a thought that told you today's the day. You woke up with these powers. It's time for you to get up on that roof. That's right. And fly. God told me if God I, told me jump I can off fly. the roof, that's I'm right. gonna fly. That's between you and God. And that's your truth and your walk with God. If God told you, jump off this roof. I should jump off the roof. I'm not saying, no, <laughs> not you should. That stays, that's your truth between you and God. No should, no need to, no nothing. That's. So the default position is to believe in something until you see evidence to the contrary. And I use that example for like different dimensions. Mm -hmm. Believe in different dimensions until there's evidence that there's not different dimensions. Believe you can fly until there's evidence that you can't fly. I guess so. I don't want to say yes. I, I can't close the door or open it fully one way or the other about other dimensions and evidence thereof. And unless I do my personal research to find that to be true for myself, then I'm not going to accept it. But that's not everything. And I... I Choose which things I accept to be true for myself. All things remaining equal, would you rather have a belief that it's true or would you rather have evidence that it is true? Is this a, like, I have to pick one or the other? Because no, I want no, both. No, it's not a forced choice, yeah. but what would be more important to you, believing something that is true or having evidence that something oh, is true? Oh, not even I want both. I need both. I need both. I need both my belief and my evidence. But that's for me. Some people can walk and move through life off of faith alone and belief alone. But I need belief and evidence. I need to see that my, my beliefs match up with the evidence of my life. How do you distinguish what is evidence and what is belief? If I ask for something to manifest, if I ask for something to be something, and then I see that exact thing that I've asked for manifested, that's my evidence. If you ask for something and that something happens, mm -hmm. Is that a reliable evidence for that something being true? For me, yes. Yes. What is a true belief? A belief that you, be <laughs> you hold true for yourself. 
the reason why I got hung up on this, and it was kind of weird, <laughs> in my mind, it's hard for us to talk about other things. It's hard to discuss the shape of the roof, and we are still discussing how the supports for the house work. I know. Being a right? human's hard, right? <laughs> Being a human's hard, right? Yeah, it is because being hard, yeah. we come here and we there's already a preset uh, principles and agreements that you know people have agreed on in some groups of the population, and then other groups people have agreed on this truth and the da 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 da, and then you have to figure out well what's the base, and you have to figure out the base truth for this group, and then you have to work from there to get to okay, so catching up to all these different conversations, yeah, it's complex. I really enjoyed this segment because it really gets down to the root of the show. We live in a time where many of us have wildly different beliefs. Mm -hmm. And it seems that these wildly different beliefs or all these personal truths maybe mm -hmm. are now somehow getting us into trouble. I think that's the story of humanity and that's the way it's going to be. Um, we've always had different truths and then said that there are universal truths, right? And that's when things clash. And I think it's always going to be that dance between, this is true for all humans. We all should be treated this way. Or we should all have these rights. And then other people will say, I don't think we should have these rights. I don't think all humans should do this. Or I don't think we should all do this. It's a back and forth. And that's good on the whole. It gets messy and hairy a lot of the time, but I think for the progression of us as humans, that's good that we have that balance and that dance. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
mild manner Despite what you've heard I wear no S on my shirt I am sort of unread More or less overfed But always on alert I can make a good cheese spread Plant a raised rose bed Want to make your heart fly A small rug stain, draw a cool jet plane, and cause you to cry. I am just like Superman, and my power is to make you blue. I am just like. Super strength long overdue I try, try to do the right thing Swoop in like an airplane I'm always on the go My costume, my costume is bulletproof I'm strong enough to leave a bruise And I know how to sew I dress in, in a red poncho While wearing red boots that glow I streak across the sky I'd make a, make a good hero If I wasn't such a zero And cause you to cry I am just like
Thank you.